Welcome to the Hughes of Leadership podcast, where we dive deep into the many prominent aspects of leadership. How does leadership show up in each of us? And how do we seek to have a positive influence on the lives of others? Just like Hughes vary, so does how we show up as leaders and how we may flex different hues depending on the moment, the task at hand, or the individual or team we are engaging. What hues are you using today? And which will you seek to further develop? I'm your host, DJ Menifee, Chief Enrollment Officer at Susquehanna University, and also the Chief Impact Officer for Menifee Duarte Consulting Group. And I look forward to diving into the hues of leadership with our guests. As a reminder, season one will focus on people of influence, specifically those that have had a major impact on my leadership lens and philosophy. So it is a blessing to introduce our guest today. 23 years of higher education experience in college admission and enrollment, currently serving as the Director of Admission for the University of Connecticut. He has served in the presidential cycle for Southern Association for College Admissions Counseling for Carolina's American Association for Collegiate Registrars and Admission Officers, and currently the chair for the National Association for College Admissions Counseling. My OG, Vern Granger. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hey, DJ, it's a pleasure being on. Thank you for the invite. I look forward to this conversation, my man. Sounds good. And listen, I, I always want to make sure I'm sharing with our guests why I wanted to reach out to you and to have your presence on this show. And uh, for our guests, you know, for Vern, uh, he's always demonstrated the willingness and the ability to provide guidance, to provide direction, to provide support to so many professionals in our space in the college admissions field. Um, and it's one thing as an individual to want to be great. It's another thing to have a deep care and passion for others being great. And so for that, I, I thank you, but also wanted to make sure that your presence uh, was felt in this first season of the Hughes of Leadership podcast. I really appreciate that, DJ. I mean, I think to me, that is one of the nicest things you could say about somebody and the most flattering thing. And I, I appreciate that because it's something that I truly, truly do believe in. Well, you wear it well uh, and the profession benefits from it greatly. So listen, Vern and I had a chance to connect and to think through some thought provoking cues uh, that Vern wanted to make sure to share with the world today. And so as we get ready to transition to the conversation, we're going to go ahead and launch into the first hue. And the first hue that that Vern had for us today is the commitment to mission and vision uh, while making sure you're thinking through the lens of flexibility. And so, Vern, I'm going to turn the keys over to you, not only yeah. in terms of unpacking that of what it means for you, but also how that shows up through your leadership on the day to day basis. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And and what it really means to me is that um, if for any leader, it is important to be guided by a mission, a vision, um, and have a strategic plan that's going to really guide all of that. So that's something I firmly believe in. Those things should be constant. And those are the things that that should not be negotiated or or there shouldn't be the flexibility in that. Where there should be the understanding of the flexibility, and this is something that as I've been in leadership roles over the years, I've I've really grown in this area. And, and that is to understand that there are multiple ways in order to get from point A to point B. And I think 
you know, when we're younger or when we're new in leadership, you know, we have our own way of thinking about these things. And, and, you know, it's coming from our prism and, and, and that's the, that's the mindset that we have. But the reality is that we are all different. I mean, there are some I's out there, introverts, and there are some E's out there. There are some folks um, who are very um, quantitative in their in their approach and how they think about these things, some qualitative. I mean, there are so many differences amongst people, um, and it's important to be able to allow people to achieve the work that they need to do in in the way that is that that works best for them. It obviously has to be in the parameters of a a work environment, and it has to be ultimately towards meeting those goals of the mission of the organization, the vision of the organization, what the strategic plan calls for. But I'm a firm believer, and I become more so as again I, as I've grown into this role to allow allow professionals, folks who are hired to be able to do a job who have a talent to be able to let that talent flourish, let that talent show as they do their part as part of, part of the collective and ultimately getting us to achieve what we want to ultimately do. So, yeah, again, I feel, I, I feel that I'm, I'm continuously growing in that DJ. And, and I think that the older you get, the more years of experience you have, um, you know, folks can't see me, right now but you can but but i'll just say i have a few grays in my head now um <laughs> just, a few, just a few just a few i got a little salt i'm, I'm you know i got i got a little i got a little salt in my head it's not it's still more pepper in my hair but there's a few salt in there but i still got my hairline so let me make sure that the, the listeners understand and see that but but in all seriousness i mean you know when you first start off you know, you, you again, you have your mindset like I that like I said, and you have your certain way of doing things. And that's really the only way that you know how things um, can get done. And there's also a confidence piece as well. I mean, I think the more comfortable you get in your skin, the more confident you become you you are in your ability, you, you really feel more comfortable of having a more hands-off approach because you have that confidence in in the plan that you put forth, how you clearly articulated the mission and the vision of the organization, and, and you've clearly articulated the expectations of, of, of the folks. And, and then at that point, it's really giving them an opportunity to grow and flourish and to, again, put their imprint on it and make them feel like they have a direct role in achieving what the goals of, goals of the organization are. Burn, thank you so much for not only covering so much uh, in the first response and talking about uh, the hue of, of mission and vision. One of the things that came to mind that I wanted to get your perspective on as a follow-up is, is as we are blessed and maybe some of our audience is blessed to be in these leadership capacities where sometimes we don't understand the power of our voice. Yeah. So would you be willing to shed some light in how you find ways to communicate to the teams you're responsible for leading. How do you signal to them that while everybody should be paying attention to the North Star of source, how do you articulate to them and convey to them that you want them to feel empowered and to, and to step into the vision and, and to help create it 
versus just simply doing what you would what what you would do. I think something I think is very, very important is being able to allow all folks in the organization to be able to visualize the role that they actually play in the success of the association of the organization, association, whatever it may be. And so an example of that is at the beginning of the year, I go over our enrollment goals and how we achieved um, how, how what progress we made towards those. And what I'm talking about, it's important for me to be able to share with the entire team how each of their roles played a part in that. So what I mean by that is that, you know, I talk about how many college fairs and visits we we did and 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 how many miles our staff traveled all over the state, the country and the world in order to achieve that. So talking about those examples, you know, but also talking about the number of publications that we we did and the number of hits that we had on our websites um, and the number of views that we had in our emails and all of those different things to give the, our communication folks an understanding of how that translates to our our ultimate goals. You know, our folks who are handling, you know, out on the on the front lines, our customer service folks who sometimes may feel that their work is not appreciated or understood, you know, giving them an understanding and letting everybody know that, you know, we've received X thousand number of calls and we responded to X number of emails and given examples of, of those interactions to let folks know that because of those positive experiences our customers are having, they're making the decision to choose us um, over other universities and on and on and on. I think I think visualization is is so important for helping individuals understand what it is that we're trying to achieve, not only that, but also the role that they play individually as a part of the collective in ultimately achieving those goals. So I'm very, very big, and I think it's really important for folks to be able to visualize the work that they do. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, I talked about earlier, mission, vision, strategic plan, those things are are things that the leadership, along with others, but the leadership uh, puts their 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 stamp on. Um, and as a part of that, it is also conveying what the expectations are. And so clearly letting folks know what what are the expectations for what I'm looking for 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 each of them as part of ultimately going towards those um, those combined resources that ultimately will help them achieve what, what it is that we want to as an organization. So again, just as I'm trying to visualize, get them to visualize what they need to do, I also want to make sure that they understand the expectations that I have of them, what the goals are, how they pertain to them, and then having those conversations along the way, keeping the doors open, allow them to build trial error something they may come up there, there may be a hurdle to be able to come and run it by me get my thoughts or get their thoughts of the managers to make sure that there is that iterative process that is constantly taking on so what that also does is let them know that hey i'm giving you flexibility but with that flexibility comes responsibility um, and, and a part of that responsibility is understanding 
that you need to make the progress. And if there are if there are roadblocks that you are facing in in meeting that progress, then it's up to you as the person we've entrusted this responsibility to to make sure you're working with your manager or coming to me to talk about those things. Again, everybody has a role, and that role is earned by them being there. They need to take full responsibility for whatever that is that they are working on. So I think visualization, making sure you're clearly defining what the goals are, the expectations are, and being fully transparent with folks. I think you have to make sure that transparency and, again, sharing goals, sharing expectations, that 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 never they never lose sight of that. And I never lose sight of that as the leader of the organization. Yeah, thank you for for walking us through. I want to pull some key threads out for our audience. You know, this notion of visualizing the team's uh, impact on the success of the work. Yeah. The notion of the constant engagement in the check-in uh, and kind of conceptualizing and being able to celebrate those small victories as you're moving uh, on progress. And then the other piece that was a, a nugget that was in there, and I wanted to tease it out just to make reference to it, was entrusting and empowering those in our care to take calculated risk, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we can get lost in this notion that everything has to be successful, everything has to be perfect. Uh, and when you are a part of a project, when you are part of a movement, when you are part of a team trying to move towards a, a goal, everything that you do is not always going to be successful, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't worth the risk and it doesn't mean that there weren't learning opportunities there. So I appreciate that. Yeah, DJ, about that last, that last point, if I could say something about that. And, and I think it is so true that you can't have you can't have your staff be afraid to make mistakes. Um, that's a part of the growing process. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that there is no mistake that we will make in, in, in this work. And again, it's perspective. You, you, you realize this as you get older. There, there is no mistake that we are going to make that is going to be so catastrophic that the university is going to close its doors. So understand that. Don't be afraid to take a risk or even attempt something that may or may not work. So, so that's one piece of it. But also a part of that means that you're not coming to me 30 minutes before something is due and you, or you're supposed to do a presentation on something and saying, oh, well, this thing happened, we weren't able to um, achieve this or, or those things that were known well in advance, but you choose to let me know, again, right as it's due. Because again, that's a part of that whole responsibility piece that I want folks to understand that as a part of that responsibility, a part of that trust is that you are going to understand that you are a part of a collective and a and a team. And a part of that means you don't wait to bring up issues you have discovered are going to be potential issues. I believed in that responsibility piece, and I, and I try to get folks to understand that it's not an individual. It's not your university. It's not your office. It is the University of Connecticut. NACAC, whatever it is, and you are part of that. And there there are responsibilities that come along with being a part of that and not just thinking about you or wanting to take it all on yourself. 
you know, I, I didn't want to come to you because I wanted to make sure to see if I can do it. That's not not what it means to be a part of a community. It's not what it means to be a part of a team. And so trying to get them to understand that's a part of that responsibility. So I want to try to connect some some initial threads based on the first hue and, and bring that into leading into the second hue that we're going to discuss. And so when we talk about being committed to a mission and vision and then talking about a strategy or strategic plan, those aren't short-term or mid-term things. Those are oftentimes long-term things, again, referencing that North Star. And so to serve up for our audience, cue number two, uh, you reference never forgetting the long game. So again, I'm going to turn the keys over to you, Vern, and unpack that for us in terms of what that means to you uh, and what that looks like, whether it's in the walk of life, in your leadership in college admission, or in reference to the instances where you've served in leadership capacity for boards or organizations. Yeah. So, you know, I think that there, there's a time for short term and, you know, there are things that come up that need an immediate immediate attention and and you deal with those things, but you should never ultimately lose sight of the long term. The long term is what where you're going to be able to establish foundation. The long term is when you're going to be able to establish good habits. The long term is when you're going to be able to get folks to have a better understanding of what their expectations are. And so you never want to lose sight of the long term. And that's why you know, whenever, you know, whatever organization that that I'm going into and serving in a leadership role, I, I think you have to take spend some time having conversations and spending a lot of time listening, listening to what what are what are the strengths of, of the organization? What are the opportunities of the organization? What are some of those micro needs? What are some of those macro needs? I think you have to spend a lot of time gathering all of that information um, and then ultimately putting all that together into, again, what is, what is going to be the strategic plan? What is the what are the goals, the priorities, all of those things? Um, and so those are part of that long, long game, the long term um, view that I think is important for directors to have and the understanding that in order to get using a football analogy, you know, you can there there are times where you can get an 80 yard touchdown, um, uh, 80 yard touchdown pass or run. But then most of the times it involves getting those three yards per play or three, four yards per play and getting those 10 yards for the first down and building all of those things up. And and never and not, not losing sight of those things because again, the more you can get folks to focus on the long game and those pieces that are a part of it, that's where you start to build the foundation and you build the culture and and you you get folks to have an understanding of what expectations are. So so it's something I learned very early in 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 my career. I was fortunate to have great mentors. And, and great leaders who impressed that upon me that that those short term benefits, what yeah they're going to feel great for a little bit, but it's the long term things when you focus on those, and and that's what you're keeping your eyes on. That that's when you have the much more significant and lasting success, and and you are less susceptible for those drastic, you know, swings of. Of, of behavior or performance, those types of things. Man, audience, Vern came to play today. 
you know, I, the, the pieces that that stuck to me out of that, and and again, I'll put hashtags in front of them. Hashtag foundation. Hashtag habits. Yeah. You know, when you're thinking about the long term and and habitually getting into something that just becomes automatic and it becomes consistent. And then you also talked about hashtag culture. And so I appreciate you shedding light on those in terms of thinking about the long term game, uh, because as I think about the opportunities I've had with my team and the time that I've been here at this institution, it is truly thinking about this notion of truly focusing on the long-term game and saying, how do we build a foundation? How do we build these habits and how do we build a culture that supports us and always being consistently competitive in the game to meet and achieve and exceed the goals that we have in store for ourselves. And so I truly appreciate you addressing that. Uh, And then the last piece is it's kind of looking at it as far as building blocks. You know, you talked about building momentum and, you know, when you use the analogy of talking about, you know, yeah, you can get that 80 yard, you know, Patrick Mahomes move, <laughs> but ever so often it's about the grind of the five yards here, the three yards here, that piece builds the momentum and it also builds the confidence to be able to say, you know, everything doesn't take a home run. We can, we can, you know, take and celebrate those small wins and still Absolutely. reach our goals. So thank you so much for setting light on that. Yeah, yeah. I think people, you know, something I, I, I thought about around this is that when people are reactive, when people change at the, you know, at the direction of the wind, those things, I think people, your your staff, your organization, get they, they, they get a sense of that. And, and they take that as not having a core, not having substance. And so I think it's important again to have that be have that focus on the trying to establish a foundation and thinking about the long term. That does not mean that you don't make any modifications or or changes because again you of, of course you learn information and you're going to make some modifications but when you make those changes you have that foundation, you have that strong core that you're able to go ahead and move around and you're, you're able to um, you're able to you're able to recover. You know, it's kind of if you use an exercise analogy, the, the thing that they say is the most important is for you to have, an, a, have a strong core. And when you have that strong core, then when you have you know, injuries or tweaks or things go wrong, you're able to recover a lot more and you're able to move around a much, much better when you do have that strong core, that strong foundation. And so, you know, I, I try to think about it in those terms and why, again, it's, try, it's, it's so important to be able to establish that strong foundation. And that's a part of, again, always thinking about the long game and, and establishing foundation uh, is absolutely a part of that. And I think by doing those, it gives folks confidence in your ability to lead the organization. Fantastic. And and before I, I transition and help us pivot to the next hue, you know, the thing that stood out to me in regards to your reference to modification within the context of long-term planning is tying that to the team is also why I have this long-term plan in place. That doesn't mean that trends that are happening in the current environment won't require us to pivot right and so that ties to the modification. yes yes and also in the instance of moving through a long-term plan that you're measuring and assessing the progress yes. over time yes. and if something isn't quite 
progressing in the way that you want it to. Again, that is another call for for modification. So you know, that's it. You shed in that light. So listen, I want to make sure I'm I'm calling this out to the audience that the first two hues are very much uh, the collective. They are mm-hmm. very much kind of Broadland's view on a, a collective being successful. And this one is going to pivot a little bit towards thinking about the individual, but I still think it plays a role in the collective yeah. because I am a firm believer that if I am not of my best self, I can't help contribute to the whole to help us be our best version of ourselves. And so, you know, as we position our, or should I say shift to this last hue, it is understanding your professional brand and the role it plays in your career growth. And so, again, I'm going to turn the keys over to Vern uh, with a little bit of salt he got going on over there. <laughs> to this last point for us. Yeah. So, you know, it's a part of understanding human nature and, and what makes us tick as people. And, you know, there is a we that's a part of it. You know, we're a part of a community and focusing on the we and the collective, how we all come together and we're able to achieve. But you cannot ignore the me. And there is a me element to an organizational's organization success that I try to impress upon upon, upon uh, the the organization's members, and that is about you know understanding the role of your personal brand and how it plays a role in your in your professional growth. So what I mean by that is that I'm a firm believer in that in that whole the old adage: rising tide raises all all boats. And, and it applies to this in that the more successful we are as a team, in order for us to be successful, it has to be that you have all of the individual members that are playing a role in the, in the organization's success. So, so taking that a step further, our managers of our recruitment area, if we're having success in achieving our enrollment me- metrics, that means that we've developed a, a strong strategy for how how we're going to be approaching recruitment, um, the, the, the markets we're going to be focusing on, how we're going to be training our staff, all of those things. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna achieve our metrics, that must means that our, our our systems are able to handle the demand, and we're able to be responsive, and 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 folks are able to access us in many different ways and view information about us in many different ways, and all of those are part of that. You need you need managers who are understand the expectations, developing a plan for how we're going to go ahead and achieve their piece of it. And so by looking at that me piece, it does connect to the we, because those me's have to happen in order for us to get the we. And when we're all working together and all the members are doing great work, ultimately it's going to lead to the organization's success. But bringing that back down to the individual, if if I could use another athletic term, if you think about head coaches, in 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 any team, um, in any team sport. No disrespect to the um, Chicago Bears. All right, if any of you folks are Chicago Bear fans out there, you know I apologize. But when they are when when there are job openings out there and they're looking for candidates to fill for those roles, 
right now they're not going after the Chicago Bears assistant coaches to identify for those. You know where they're going? They're going for they're they're going at looking at the Cincinnati Bengals. They're looking at the the Kansas City Chiefs and all of these other successful teams that have demonstrated success and that comes with those managers who have implemented a game plan that allows the organization to be successful. So what that means for us in our work, if our organizations are being successful and we're playing a part of that, that ultimately is going to lead to your success and and achieving your professional goals. You know, and, and, and that's a part of your professional brand. Also a part of your professional brand is how you're demonstrating your knowledge. And, and that's done by, you know, are you involved in professional organizations and are you are you presenting are you working on committees are you asking very thoughtful questions that demonstrate your seriousness for the work in the profession somebody told me this a long time ago and it's always remained it always remained with me and that is your life is one big job interview I can say this from personal experiences there are jobs that I've learned about and and been encouraged to apply based on somebody in a leadership position or somebody who knew somebody in a leadership position that was hiring, who had experience with me, who saw me present, who saw me um, interact with others. And they, they, they recommended me to someone, that person and said, hey, you know, Vern, um, you know, he is leading this organization or Vern presented at this group or, or I had a conversation about Vern and he shared his, his thoughts on this program that they did at their university. And I think you should go ahead and reach out to him and, and, and consider him for the position. All of these things are part of your professional brand. And, and so it relates to the we, but, but as a leader, it's important that we are relating and cultivating the me piece as well. I think it's important to give individuals things that they should be thinking about in, in as far as their achievements. You know, what are you thinking about in the next five years for you personally? What are you thinking about in the next 10 years personally? What are the things that that I can do to help you in achieving those per, uh, personal goals that you that you're looking for? So they all play. They're all connected. And, and so I think one of my responsibilities is is helping to cultivate creating a culture that allows for individuals to flourish, should have their talents flourish, but also get them to be thinking about what are the things that they can be doing that help their their professional their professional brand that ultimately will give them individual success that they may be looking for. And I thank you for within the context of that, of what you shared, highlighting a thread about I think it was in relationship to to service in professional organizations and presenting and asking thoughtful questions, but also through that thread, thinking through the value of professional development. And so, you know, for, for the spaces that I've been blessed to be a part of, harping on the fact that professional development is a part of your, your job and why you're here. And so if you are using time in the day to develop that is you contributing to yourself, but also by contributing to yourself, you are contributing to the whole, because if you're the best version of yourself, again, you are helping contribute to the broader whole and helping that be the version of itself. 
That's it. I appreciate you you hitting on that. So listen, we have walked through three amazing hues today for our, our guests today. We have talked about commitment to the mission and vision and thinking about strategy. We have talked about never forgetting the long game and, and thinking through what that means in terms of foundation, habits, culture, uh, modification, building off of momentum. And then lastly, we ended with thinking through one's understanding of their professional brand and the role that it will play in their career trajectory and their career growth. And so as we transition to this last point, uh, Vern, this is where I want to ask you a question and, and you have some options and how you want to address it. So, A, have you, given how long you've been in leadership capacity and how long you've been able to hone in on your strengths as a leader, have you been recently exposed to kind of a new theme or a new framework in leadership that you are now looking to implement? Or given the time in which you've been able to lead, are there areas of opportunity, areas of growth? And I know you alluded to some earlier that you're yeah. continuing to work on, but is there one where you would say, you know what, it's been a work in progress, but this is, let me let me put on my humble juice moment for a second and talk about this area as an opportunity for growth as I continue to, to develop as a leader. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think about my younger self and with, with less salt in my hair, and I think about myself now, you know, one of the things that that I and I and I still am conscious of that. And I still I, I still try to grow in this area. And it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying is that you have to be willing to give grace to others in your organization and in your life who make mistakes, because you have to realize, number one, that that's a part of the learning process. And and. You have to assume that folks are not proactively on their mind thinking about how can I go ahead and make Vern's life, you know, miserable. Um, folks are trying their best. Folks have things going on in their lives, their personal lives that we may never know about. Um, folks try things and 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 they make mistakes. They think. They, 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 they have the best of intentions or they have a perspective. And again, they just, they just make mistake. And so I think I, what I try to do each day is to understand how important it is to me to be willing to give grace to others when when mistakes happen, when, when things happen. Um, because again, as I said earlier, there is no mistake that we will be encountering there's no challenge that we will face in this professional setting that is so catastrophic that there is not a solution. That solution may not be an easy solution, but but there is a solution. And you and you you put that in the proper context that there are things that people face in this in, in our lives. There is no solution. I mean, there there, there just is no solution. Um and when you put it in those terms, that's allowed me to better understand the importance of me and being in, in leadership. What I'm thinking about how I mentor folks, how I try to role model behaviors to folks, but or just how I am as a as as a parent. You know, I I, I think that that is just something that I continue to grow in, and 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 I slip sometimes, and I fail in that. I think I've done a much better job in my life 
in in understanding the importance of that and how I always have to think about that. And I think that that has helped me to become a better leader. I think it's helped me to become more approachable. It's helped me to become, um, you know, more more realistic. It's allowed me to achieve better work-life balance and impress that upon my, my, my team. You know, I think all of those things come from that, that thing I'm, I'm still growing on, but I think I'm better in it than I have been in the past. I just want to thank you for your willingness as a, as a leader with so much experience and so much time at the helm to put that out there and to raise the awareness of the value and the importance of extending grace not only to our teams, but but also to ourselves in yeah. this work that we are called to do. And and also the the piece that I'm I'm holding on to tightly because I'm thinking through some experiences that I've been navigating more recently where, you know, I've asked myself, am I being fair to other people? And it's this notion of believing that people are approaching things with with their best intention, right? Yeah. That they they are great people, they're good people, and that they are intending to to mean well, to do well, to present yeah. themselves, and to help things be successful. And so I yeah. so appreciate you shedding light on that. Yeah, you know what? I, I go back to a story, I, and I always I remember this story back when I was in college. So my my uh, a college a college roommate of mine that I had. So a little background on me: I grew up in New Jersey. I went to college in North Carolina. My roommate was uh, somebody who was from a small town in North Carolina. And, you know, we roomed together. And I remember, you know, he confided to me later that when he first met me and he saw that I was African-American, he was white. When he was first when he first saw I was African-American, he was going to go and see about getting a roommate change because, you know, he just wasn't he wasn't comfortable. But they said, no, you can't change. You, you know, you're you. You have to have a better reason than than I don't I'm not comfortable with someone outside my race. So we ended up we, we ended up staying together, and you know it was it was tough at the beginning, but we ended up warming up. And I remember a conversation um, I I had with him, and it was over the subject of hair. And you know, as African Americans, we're you know we are very we 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 are very serious about our hair, and we it's something that take a lot of pride in. And one day, you know, I was in the bathroom and, and, and I was grooming my hair and, and I spent a lot of time brushing it. And he came in and he made a comment about, well, why are you in there for so long? Your hair doesn't move. It's so short. And, 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 you know, I, I could have at that point just flew off the handle and, and just said some things and just escalated the, you know, the, the tension. But I chose that as an opportunity to really have a serious conversation about what his comment meant and how it was uh, it was hurtful and and why I was hurtful. And, you know, what? he appreciated that conversation. And, and you know, he made that comment. I took I, 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 I had the mindset that he made that comment. He was not necessarily. He was not trying to be malicious. He just had a lack of understanding and lack of awareness. And so, you know, giving grace in that situation and using that as a growth opportunity and our, our relationship continued to grow and grow. And and I fast forward, a, you know, several years, you know, to the present and. You know, back a few years ago when 
There were the protests that were that Americans all over the country and throughout the world were having um, around our racial reckoning around the George Floyd Floyd killings. And he actually sent me a picture of him with his kids protesting and having a Black Lives Matter um, uh, sign and protesting with the other with, with the others. And, and it it made me think about, you know, my conversation that I had with him all those years ago that may seem insignificant and benign, the fact that I was willing to have that conversation and and get him to start thinking about these things, that could have played a part in him feeling it was important to take part in those protests. And, and that made me, when I got the picture, I, I, it made me so happy and pleased. But again, it, it goes back to the, the belief, the importance of us as humans being able to provide grace on individuals, on others, but also allowing us to have that grace and 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 be willing to grow as individuals. And and I, I just always remember that, and it stays with me to this day. And again, I can I'm, I'm, I'm human, and I and I make mistakes in that sometimes, but but I, I I try to grow from from that, and it's something that I think is important. And so that story from way back when I was in college still stays with me to this day. Well, I appreciate you helping us end on such an amazing and thoughtful note in terms of, you know, in today's age, it's kind of this notion of cutoff culture. You say something I don't like, I perceive that you you mean harm. Right. Instead of taking the opportunity to maybe have the uncomfortable conversation. Absolutely. Uh, instead of thinking through extending grace and helping educate and inform. And it doesn't mean at times people are tired of having to do that. So I want to acknowledge that as well. Absolutely. But but thinking through Absolutely. maybe what the long term impact could be for approaching it that way. So Absolutely. We all get tired. I mean, I there are times where I am absolutely tired and and they caught me on the wrong moment. But but I think we have to see if we can recalibrate ourselves and and get back to that because that ultimately is the way that we are going to be able to grow as individuals, but also as a greater society. So to our audience, I want to thank Vern so much today, not only for his time and walking us through these hues and, and, and answering the last question. So honestly and transparently and humbly, but also just for continuing to be not only a mentor and a colleague to me, but to so, so many in the profession. Uh, and thanks for everything that you've been in, in, in terms of serving students, in terms of serving and guiding the individual professionals that you continue to aspire. And I would say broadly, man, all you do for the profession as a whole. You know, I want to make sure that this is an opportunity to give you your flowers, it's flowers that you so well deserve. And again, just thank you so much for your impact. But DJ, I'm, I, again, I, I appreciate those words. I appreciate me. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. I'm so excited for all your success. I'm excited about this podcast. And, and you know, I understand I'm where I'm at because so many others took an interest in me and helped help me grow as a person. And so I think that's something that I've always tried to remember and, and pay it forward in, in those ways. So to our guests, as you transition to work or home from work, as you head into lunch or you're transitioning in between meetings, uh, as you're transitioning into professional development time that you have set for yourself, whether it's each day or throughout the week, 
or as you're transitioning in between work and you're trying to transition mentally so that you can transition to that time with your loved ones, let's reflect on and consider incorporating the hues in our lives today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hues of Leadership podcast. And remember to ask yourself, what hues will I use today and which hues will I seek to further develop? Thank you.